BFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights. In for John Canzano, here's Judah Newby with the bald faced truth. Love this time of year, man. Love this time of year. John Canzano checks in live from Vegas uh, in any moment now. Be here for that. It's coming up. Ducks UCLA Pac 12 tournament semifinals. That's the thing about college basketball. You don't have to follow it throughout the entire regular season, game in, game out. You can look up right around March, smell the roses. What's that smell? That smells like March. And uh, it smells like a Dana Altman Ducks run. That's what it smells like. They have a chance to do it. I would consider them a live dog. Tonight, five-point dog against UCLA. Who you got? You can tweet at 750 the game at Judah Newby and uh, give us your pick and give us who you think is going to win tonight and go to the Pac-12 tournament championship game Saturday night against the winner of Arizona and Arizona State. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's a good time to be the conference. Unfortunately, it's uh, the six o'clock games on Pac-12 Network tonight. And, you know, nothing against the Pac-12 network, but uh, I would have rather have had that on ESPN. The late game is on ESPN, but the early game is on Pac-12 network. Uh, let's go to Vegas right now. As promised, he is the founder and host of this radio show, The Bald Face Truth with John Cazzano. He writes at johncazzano.com prolifically, and uh, he's in his own category. JC, thanks for taking time. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, excited to see these games and yeah. and uh, kind of how it how it unfolds for Oregon in particular tonight. I mean, think about their season. It's been so up and down. And if I think if you had told Dana Altman at some point of the year, hey, you're going to be in Vegas, you're going to have an opportunity to play against UCLA, and you win that game, and you're very likely going to uh, you know earn yourself a tournament berth. I think he probably would have taken that at some different points. You've been paying attention to this closer than I have throughout the year. What about the Ducks did you kind of see and notice, or was it just a Dana Altman bet on your part that uh, that made you pick them not only to get to this point, but I know earlier in the week you had them getting all the way to Saturday night? I think they're playing for a whole bunch. And and look, I saw for about 12 minutes in the, in the quarterfinal game against Washington State, it was about 12 minutes that made me really go, wow, like at the beginning of the game, look at this team, look at the length they have, look at the, the, the depth they have. There were some players who came off the bench even, uh, you know, a, a kid like Kalel Ware who came off the bench and, and looked fantastic. I mean, he's seven feet tall with blocking shots and a three. Um, you, you've got a lot of size, a lot of length. Um, you know, Will Richardson early in the game was distributing. He didn't really score. But for about 12 minutes, Judah, I was like, you know what? this is a really good team. They're dangerous. And if they are playing focused and they play like this, you know, they were on their way to blowing out Washington state. They can do it. But, uh, you know, after that 12 minutes, they were very up and down, you know, for most of the game and lost the lead. Washington state had great shooting and got back in it. And, and then the last five minutes of the game, Oregon did the same thing. It kind of tightened up and ran away and held and held Washington state scoreless. So, um, you know, I, I do think they're playing for a whole bunch. Uh, I'm counting on them showing up and, and being focused and being engaged and, and playing well. And then you look over at UCLA, they're a little shorthanded, lost their best defensive player. 
Um, you know, on paper, I think everybody would still pick UCLA. I think the point spread is UCLA, like minus five to six. Uh, but there's just something about Dana Altman in a game where you know he needs to win to get to the tournament that uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable betting against him. Yeah, he gets uh, the most juice out of the lemon this time of year, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah. hard guy to bet against, I'll put it that way. Um, anything on the Nafali-Dante front? I mean, I guess now, is it a non-factor, his ankle, or what do you know? Well, <laughs> he went down. I don't know if people saw the broadcast, but he went down in a way that I thought at first, did he break his ankle? Yeah. Did he? Was it a high ankle sprain? Well, you know, how serious it was. He was wincing. He was in pain. You know, I'm in the second row of media seats, uh, and I could see very clearly that he had a problem and he was in a lot of pain. And But, you know, he they helped him to the bench. Um, I thought it was interesting that they did not take him into the locker room for the final few minutes of the game. And then during the Ducks' final timeout, he gets up on his feet, and he's walking around like there's nothing. And then after the game, I saw him on the court. I walked by him, and I just kind of studied his gait as he was walking. He was walking fine. Later, Dana Altman in the news conference, about 15 minutes later, said uh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. There were a couple of support staff members at Oregon. That I asked them, I said, what is going on with him? And they said he can be dramatic at times. I, I think that might be the... That might be the explanation, but keep an eye on it. You know, if it's any kind of factor here, that definitely hurts Oregon because he is such a presence defensively in particular, changes a lot of shots, uh, gives opposing bigs problems. If he's not right, Oregon doesn't have a chance. So keep an eye on that early in the game. If Dante is healthy and can play, I think Oregon's in this game. And Oregon, keep in mind, Oregon led UCLA in their two meetings in the early part of the season, led both games at halftime. UCLA has got a ton of experience, obviously some really good players like Tiger Campbell and, and, uh, and Jaime Jacquez. If you watch, uh, you watch those guys down the stretch, they're really hurt teams in the last five or eight minutes of game. So Oregon needs to get a lead and hold a lead in this game. We talk about Will Richardson being an X factor earlier in the week. Um, you know, he didn't really stand out all that much. I know he's got a, some kind of finger thing going on, but do you still hold true to the fact that Will Richardson is the X factor going into tonight as well. I think he's huge because, you know, I'll say Dante is the most important player because we all know what he could do for Oregon. But Will Richardson's career at Oregon is, is such an interesting, um, you know, dichotomy, I guess, because, you know, he's played more games than anybody that has ever suited up at Oregon. And you look at him and you think, gosh, he's just been there forever. You know, has he, has he played for seven or eight years? Like, you, he's that kind of kid who's just been around the program that many times. But the the thing that, you know, is really underwhelming about him is I just have never felt like he got better. Even though his coaches and his teammates rave about him, I, I wait and wait to see a Will Richardson game that he just takes over. And I think, you know, yesterday in the quarterfinal, it was a great example of that. He did not score in the game until there was about five and a half minutes left in the game. I couldn't believe it. I looked up and I said, he doesn't have a bucket? He doesn't have a basket? Like, this is crunch time. This is when a player like Will Richardson needs to step up. So, you know, he's a senior. He's a leader. But uh, they cannot get into the second half without Will Richardson having points and assists and doing a lot of little things right. So, uh, you know, I want I am expecting something big from him. But I think this is one of those career-defining games. Like, what does he have? Can he help will his team into the next round of this this conference tournament. John Cazzano joining us for a moment more live from Vegas. It's funny, John, when there's 
uh, big events like this for the conference. There also seems to be secondary storylines that are that that come up. I remember vividly when you went down to cover the uh, the Pac-12 championship football game a couple years back. And that was right when the Mario Cristobal rumors were all coming up and eating through. And we, we had all this, you know, stories uh, coming out late December. Here we are with the Pac-12 basketball tournament. And yet all I can really think about is like, are you talking to George Klyovkov? Who, who are you talking to? And where do we stand with media rights negotiations and rumors and innuendos and Brett Yormark and all this? Uh, wh- what do you got? What do you know? Well, look, you know, my whole thing is I'm, I'm, I always tell people I'm here to serve listeners and readers, not the Pac-12. I'm not a mouthpiece for the conference. I'm not a mouthpiece for some network. Uh, you know, my dog in the fight here is to put some sunshine on the matter and try to figure out what's going on. And, you know, and I'm trying to get to people who are in that room who are having those conversations with George Klyovkov and talk to him himself. And he is at the arena. I did see him last night at the arena. I walked past him. He did go to some suites and talk to some high-level donors at Washington State and Oregon during that game. So he is making rounds, but he's not doing any media talking. And I think that's been a mistake by the conference all along. And in that void, what we have seen crop up is a lot of misinformation. Uh, there's there's no question there's a propaganda machine that is behind the scenes that is firing out uh, story after story, leak after leak, that is negatively impacting the Pac-12's brand. So I'm really after, you know, what is at the root of that? And I wrote it this morning on the website at johnconzano.com, I, I got into the weeds on, you know, I'm trying to talk to Endeavor, the company that the Big 12 hired to help them with their media rights. And, uh, you know, Karen Brodkin, who is one of the two uh, heads of Endeavor, uh, it turns out she was a finalist for the Pac-12 commissioner job. She didn't get it. George Klaskov did. I would love to talk to her about that process. And, wow. You know, and also Endeavor tried to work for the Pac-12. They they wanted to do the Pac-12's media rights. They didn't get them. So I'm trying to drill down on, you know, is, is Endeavor part of that misinformation machine that is firing behind the scenes? And for people who don't know Endeavor, Endeavor includes the William Morris Agency. It includes IMG. They own the UFC. If you watch Entourage, uh, the character Ari Gold is based uh, on Ari Emanuel, who is the head of Endeavor. Uh, so, you know, Lloyd, all that, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy Pibbins, you know, character in that show. Yeah. Uh, all that going on in the background. And so I've got questions for Endeavor. I also have questions for several of the crisis management firms that have been retained by both the Big Ten and the Big 12. And I'm kind of wondering what role these firms are playing behind the scenes. Again, my loyalty is to readers and listeners. And I want answers, and, you know, I want answers even if they're ugly answers. But right now, in the inner sanctum of the Pac-12, the presidents and chancellors maintain that they had a productive meeting on Tuesday. They will hold another meeting in two weeks. They're, they made, they, the quote I got directly from that room was that they, quote, unquote, good progress on the media rights deal. Uh, they, they appear to be moving towards a, a deal and some resolution here, which is great for everybody. And I'm still anticipating that the meteorite deal is going to come in with ESPN as the tier one partner, meaning that you know you'll see games, football games on ESPN, linear provider, and that that the tier two part of the package, which is really the Pac-12 networks uh, content, uh, would end up with Amazon and or Apple. So it's possible that the Pac-12 could have ESPN. I think they covet that distribution and the glow of all that shoulder programming. And then add on top of that maybe a Friday night game on Amazon, 
And then all of the normal Pac-12 networks, football and basketball and Olympic sports content, very likely with either Amazon or Apple. But keep an eye on that. From the inner sanctum, they don't appear worried. They're not buying into the rumors. They're not, you know, the four-corner schools aren't going anywhere. That, you know, if you believe the Pac-12 and the presidents and chancellors, uh, you know, they're, they're baffled by what is happening publicly with all the misinformation and propaganda. But, you know, the Pac-12 still done some things wrong, and we can talk about it for half an hour if we want. I mean, they probably should have been more tuned in to USC and UCLA being unhappy. I mean, that, that's, that's a sin that I think they'll live with for a while. And the presidents and chancellors, they stuck with Larry Scott for too long, put the conference on a path to nowhere, really. And so I think George Klyovkov right now is uh, doing the best he can. Uh, I think their whole mantra is to stay silent. That's not what I would do. You know me. But uh, that's where we are right now. <laughs> we could talk uh, all the way up to tip-off about this. Uh, I, I know uh, we'll save it for another show when you're back in the chair as well, though, and I, uh, we'll flesh it out. Uh, one last thing for you, and uh, I want to bring this up. Has your opinion of George Klyovkov changed at all? Since the time that he was hired, you got to know him, obviously, professionally, maybe a little bit personally. I know I was impressed by the guy. How has it changed, if at all, your opinion of George, and how much is riding on the final result of the circus, uh, getting to a media rights uh, agreement? I mean, it just feels like the final piece of the puzzle, a lot is riding on it for George. Do you see it similarly? Yeah, I think it is. And I think you know we're going to judge him on that number. And, you know, the Pac-12 sources I'm talking with say that they are confident that the overall media package, the Tier 1 rights, the Tier 2 rights, the data that they had licensed and they're going to sell is going to come in within range or ahead of where the Big 12 ended up at $31.6 million. I'll venture to say that if the number starts with a 3, that people in the Pac-12 footprint are going to view that as a victory for George Klyovkov and a victory for the Pac-12. If it doesn't, I think they're going to chalk it up as a loss for the Pac-12 and a loss for Klyovkov. Um, I think he inherited uh, a hand that was trending in the wrong direction from Larry Scott. I think he himself made mistakes. I had one AD tell me that, you know, George had one job to keep USC in this conference. And, and so I think there are some people that are frustrated with him. But I think right now he is following the blueprint that his presidents and chancellors have asked him to follow. I don't think it's in his nature to sit quietly. I think he would rather go on offense a little bit like some of the other conference commissioners have. But I think his presidents and chancellors, his bosses, have told him, hey, this is how we want to play it. We want to stay above the fray. We're not going to get into this back-and-forth tit-for-tat thing. And I think that's hurt Klyovkov's brand, and I think it's hurt his image. But, again, let's come back to wins and losses. It was a loss for USC and UCLA on his watch to leave. That's going in the loss column. Now he has another opportunity with this media rights deal. And I think we're going to get, you know, if it's not 10 or 12 days from now where they wrap it up in a board meeting, I think it will be shortly after that. I would be very surprised if we get to, like, a final four and we don't have a resolution from the Pac-12. But Mm. the longer this goes on, I think uh, the harder it becomes for the Pac-12's brand. Speaking of wins and losses, who do you got tonight? I'm picking Oregon, but come, let's be real. Anybody with half a brain is probably going to say UCLA is better. They're more talented. They're more experienced. There's just something about this tournament. Oregon's playing for, you know, UCLA's playing for seeding, right? Oregon's playing for life after, you know, after tonight. And so if Oregon loses this game, uh, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament field. And 
So we're going to find out, can, can we get the first 12 minutes of that Oregon-Washington State game where they opened up a 19-point lead on Washington State? Can we get that, or are we going to get an Oregon team that is looking into the offseason and next year and the NBA draft itself? So I'll pick Oregon just because they're playing for more against a UCLA team that already knows it's going to be a high seed in the tournament. John, appreciate it. Thanks for joining us once again. I love the info, love the insider info. If you could follow him on Twitter, at John Cazano BFT, read him at JohnCazano.com. And, of course, you tune in to the Bald Face Truth weekdays 3 to 6 here on 750 The Game and the Bald Face Truth Radio Network. Uh, safe travels back whenever that is for you, uh, probably Sunday. And uh, you'll be back in the chair on the air Monday from Spirit Mountain Casino. So uh, we're looking forward to that as air. well. We'll be talking about the tournament yeah. in uh, the field. Will the Ducks be in it? We'll find out tonight. <laughs> Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, there he is, John Cazano on the Bald Face Truth. We'll bounce a break and come back and pack a, a lot of what John said. I also want your calls at 503-417-7575. How much is riding on, on this for George Klyovkov? Whatever final result comes with this media rights deal. I want your thoughts on that. Plus your pick. Ducks UCLA. Who you got? Get in now with your pick. 503-417-7575. We'll have the play-by-play of that game right here on 750 The Game and 750thegame.com at 6 o'clock. Bounce the break and come back. Judah Newby in for John Cazano on the Bald Face Truth.